0: It all together all right well he didn't even intro us what was oh billy robinson slipping man all right hey everybody my name is chris o'mealy this here is dan peck yeah and we are super excited about james bond like super duper excited like you're going in like two hours right (laughs) yeah from the time we record this podcast i uh By the time you guys listen to this episode, I will probably have seen Spectre, and I'm super excited about that. (laughs) So, in preparation for this, we're doing all the Daniel Craig Bond movies, and now we're moving on to the main event. It's Skyfall. When it crumbles. It's like the precursor to the real main event, which will be the... No, Spectre will be the pay-per-view. This is the the final build-up on Raw. It is Skyfall, indeed. Um, Holy crap, my... Number two favorite Bond movie of all time, right behind Goldfinger. And when I say right behind, I mean, like, I can't justifiably put it in front of Goldfinger because Goldfinger is the classic, but it's like a notch behind it. Well, this completed my full prep, which I had people vote.
1: Straphole. Oh, yeah, that's right. What would you end up watching? I watched Goldfinger on Her Majesty's Secret Service, Live and Let Die, License to Kill, Goldeneye
0: and then of course casino mm-hmm. royale quantum Lost and skyfall for the show it's a good combination i wouldn't it's have picked a good list. i wouldn't have picked uh, live no, and let bad. die i would have picked man with the golden gun personally but that's a personal choice
1: and we both love that one and that one's usually not among the most liked uh, of the more films
0: that's like the best one in my opinion i love i love that one yeah, whatever. Live, my my only problem with Live and Let Die is the black exploitation. the The theme song's great, but yeah. Paul McCartney and Wings, which is awesome. It's uh, in fact, I think it was voted the number two best Bond song of all time behind Goldfinger. Behind Goldfinger, yeah.
1: <laughs> which, by the way, if you pay attention to the lyrics of the Goldfinger theme song. Most of the most of it pertains to James Bond more so than Goldfinger.
0: Yeah, it really does. But anyway, uh, this is Skyfall. Now, of course, we start off. With, yes, we start off with uh, Bond is in Istanbul on a mission with this other agent, who we don't know her name yet because she don't know her name until like three minutes left of the movie. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, they're chasing down this mercenary who's killed a couple of agents, except for Ronson. But Ronson is a. Uh, He's bleeding out. Critically, yeah, he's bleeding out right now. Um, He has this stolen hard drive that contains a list of all MI6 agents, or maybe just all secret agents, that are currently undercover in various nations and what name they're going under and all this other stuff. So this is a really, really big deal, because if that gets out, we're going to have a big, big problem. And uh, he's got M in his earpiece. And, you know, the whole time she's just lecturing him about how important this is. He's like, yeah, I know. I know I'm working on this. So we get a classic James Bond opening chase sequence that involves uh, going through all these marketplaces. um, Oh, the roof of the bazaar. Yeah, the roof of the bazaar. Yeah, it's it's crazy because it starts off with the cars, which I like how she takes out the side mirror. Like, I didn't need it. And then she takes out the other one. She's like, I didn't need that one either. I guess she didn't need that. Nope. (laughs) So, um, the cars crash, guy gets out with his semi-automatic, like, small Uzi-type gun. Yeah, but it has, like, an attachment
1: on it that's, like, freaking badass. Yeah, yeah, it's like, it's, like it's a little rag. shield. So it has, like, 100 rounds instead of, like, 9, like you yeah. would normally have.
0: <laughs> it's like, it's like actual logic in a movie about guns, crazy. Um, yeah, he steals the uh, he takes out the cops that are chasing them, and then steals their bike. And then Bond takes a Bond takes like this rusty piece of shit bike after him. But uh, yeah, they do the rooftop chase, and then he ends up on top of a train. L. Well, so does James. Yep. Which That's is awesome. He uses a backhoe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, first he's driving it. He's taking out all the Volkswagen Beetles that are on there. And then the the guy detaches the train, so he uses the backhoe to just attach himself to it. <laughs> Meanwhile, it's like the passenger car, and yeah. they're just like, what the hell?
1: All of a sudden, there's a hole in the roof, and then all of a sudden, like, the back, like, ten feet, pulls he away. Just, just
0: goes away. And then uh, they end up on the roof of the train, they end up fighting in the tunnel.
1: Now they're heading towards the tunnel. And the lady's got a sniper
0: rifle, and she's trying to shoot, but she can't get the guy with a clean shot. Yeah, the shot's not clean, but M orders her to take the bloody shot, and she does. And she fucking totally misses the guy. Not even a bad shot, a total failed shot. Well, as Bond tells her later, (laughs) to to your credit, it's very difficult to hit a moving target. (laughs) Um, Yeah, she hits Bond right in the shoulder and takes him off the train. Of course, it's on like this huge bridge, so he plummets into the water below. And all she says is "Agent down." As M just kind of turns away from her desk, and then of course we get the classic Bond opening sequence with the Adele song, which is one of the best Bond songs ever—the Paul
1: F. Tompkins song.
0: Oh my god, it's so good! It's so good. And the whole—it's funny because, like, looking back on it now, I notice how much foreshadowing is in it. Like, oh, you freaking see the house? Yeah. this is interesting imagery that's a really it's a really it's scary a, looking house right there oh' do well. a cornetto movie she's telling you the whole fucking movie <laughs> right <laughs> we, we need a classic cornetto sequence here where he's loading up his gun tying his shoe flushing the toilet what <laughs> stuff he does so uh bond is presumed dead M is doing his uh, his obituary and it's about... Well they say I think it's, they said about three months have passed, and now she's going to. Uh, she's meeting the uh, the new secu- the was he like the prime minister's like he's like security the chairman minister, or something he's
1: like, like the minister of whatever because we call him secretaries over here but just about yeah. everywhere else in
0: the world they're called ministers yes and he is uh, his name is Gareth Mallory and he of course is played by Lord Voldemort yep. Not the not the first or last time, or, or John suggest. Steed,
1: whichever you prefer. <laughs> I, I technically I would prefer Steed because that meets the continuity in a fun way, more so than thinking of it as Voldemort.
0: <laughs> Voldemort, I'm the minister, not the minister for magic, though. So yeah, it's a uh, Gareth Mallory, and he's basically telling M that uh, you're going to voluntarily retire for your actions.
1: You know, the fire, the non-firing firing?
0: Yes. Like, you're firing me. He goes, no, I prefer to think of it this way. She's just like, like you're well...
1: You're going to transition from to your retirement.
0: Yeah. So, it's pretty much... Uh, it's, it's not looking too good for them. And she's on her way back to her office, and their computer system gets hacked. And... There's, like, this weird little carrot like, it's, like, her head from a photograph, but it's got, like, the caricature puppet head and giggling. Totally and it says, Monty Python-esque. Yeah, and it says, think on your sins. And then they're, like, track, we'll track the signal. It's coming from your desk, but they can't get back there because there's a police barricade and, uh, which we later find out why the police were stopping her because they're in on it. But there's a huge explosion right where her desk was. And what survived? The British Bulldog. Well, yeah, the British Bulldog survived, yes. But, uh, and this is fun because this is going to be one of those stats that I read where it's like, oh, they said only six die in the newscast, but then there's like nine caskets. I'm like, no, they said at least six dead and many more injured. Plus, would the freaking Secret Service. Yeah. And Wolf, Wolf Blitzer, I like how they got him to make that appearance. He's been
1: doing lots of parts in movies lately. Yeah.
0: Well, I find out Bond is alive. He's, uh, he's, he's making love and he's drinking. He's playing this weird drinking game where there's, like, a scorpion on his hand. And he has to down the shot and then take out the scorpion with it. With the shot glass.
1: I just got bit by a scorpion. How big was the scorpion?
0: Huge. That's good. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh... Bond sees this news report and reports back, <laughs> just randomly appearing in M's house. Which is a different house from the previous. Yeah. in a casino rail. Well, She might have moved around, but now he's kind of like, he looks like crap. They did a really good
1: job making him look old as fuck in the beginning of the movie.
0: Yeah. But, uh, you know, they have their little exchange of words and everything. And she's like, So why'd you come back? He's like, Well, cause you need me. And you know, like she's not really so confident about it, but she's still uh she's still kind of giving into him, which is the big character portrayal that we see here, where like even if he's unfit, she's still kinda coddling to him. That's a big theme throughout the movie that, you know, he's the favorite. You know, he's he's that child. He's the he's the favorite. He's the favorite because he's the motherfucking greatest. Well, yeah, but there, there's that. <laughs> so uh, they decide they're going to take him in and see if he's uh, fit for duty, even though uh, <laughs> he can't can't go back to his flat because he's unmarried, has no next of kin, and was presumed dead. Well, you know, you should have called. I guess I'll get a hotel. Well, you're bloody well not sleeping here, <laughs> which I get a kick out of. Also um we find out that somewhere along somewhere between casino and skyfall her husband passed away even though he was clearly visible in casino just sleeping next to her but it is what it is so yeah we're kind of like learning the life of M a little bit more more so than really Judy Dench's M is the one that we've get we get the most out of out of all the M's in the past but i think there was um i think that was from the writers they said they always wanted M to have more of a character presence and that's why there's been two movies about someone trying to get even with her yeah
1: so uh bond goes this through this one i don't know if you're going to get you're probably going to get to this probably later but i'm going to say it now anyway the one of the big things about this movie is because uh, judy dench has been having trouble seeing so they were trying to find a cool way to write her off as M yeah so they they found a cool way to write her off as M, I'll tell you that much.
0: Indeed. So, uh, <laughs> we, get, we get to one of my favorite parts of the movie. First, they take him to the new the new MI6, which is in Churchill's bunkers. Which is the old. <laughs> and Bond bon starts going through his test, you know, his physical test. You see him kind of, like, pass out afterwards. His accuracy is off. And then he does his psych test, which is where they're doing the word association. <laughs> and it's just like, M, bitch. And it's just that Mallory and Tanner just kind of look at her. (laughs) But when they mention Skyfall, he decides that he's done. And then you're like, what's Skyfall? What's Skyfall? Yeah. I guess we'll figure that out. Was it a Um,
1: mission he did once that went bad? What was it?
0: I also like how in this scene he... uh, they're able to identify the guy from the train because he's got that shrapnel still in his chest that he finally takes out.
1: So, because uh, that's what's been hindering him the most this entire time.
0: Yep. So uh, he he meets Mallory for the first time, and of course, the whole time I'm thinking it's it's Ray Fine. He's going to become the bad guy. And there's, well, there's we th- already knew he, that. that what's the what's his face is the bad guy. We do, but there's always that there's always that thing. I'm like Ray Fine's in this, and he's he's kind of a dick. Oh man, he's going to end up being the bad guy. He's going to be some inside thing and everything. He's which is funny because there's a moment where I really thought that's what was going to happen. But uh,
1: I'll tell you the moment I thought it was going to happen. It's probably the same moment
0: in the courtroom.
1: No, not the courtroom.
0: Okay, after. Um, the courtroom. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. All right, we'll we'll get we'll get to that because because I know which scene you're talking about. So uh, M says that Bond passed by the skid of his teeth, although we find out he actually didn't, which again goes to the coddling thing. Uh, they identify this guy, Patrice, and they find out that he's going to be on a job in Shanghai. So get get over there, find out what's going on, and then terminate him for Ronson, who we find out didn't make it, which pissed Bond off. So uh, <laughs> they go. he goes to meet the new quartermaster to get set up. This is my other. This is another one of my favorite scenes from this movie, there like he like has to go to the museum and stare at the stare at the sailboat. And I don't see anything. It's a schooner. Oh god! <laughs> but what do you see? Oh. I see a bloody big ship. <laughs> I just love a schooner is a sailboat. You know, the Easter Bunny's not real. <laughs> but I love how you've got to be joking right now. Because you still got spots. All the British idiots that are coming out for this. Well, I'll have you know that I can do more damage with my laptop in my pajamas before my first cup of Earl Grey than you could do a year in the field. And well, what the hell you need me for? Well, eventually someone needs to pull a trigger. <laughs> or not. It's hard to tell in your pajamas. And I like how they're both, they're both shooting each other down constantly. <clears throat> it's cool, because it's like the old Q exchange, except it's different this time. Because instead of the old man with the young bond, now it's the old bond with the young man. Oh, grow up, 007. Oh, grow up, 007. Don't touch that. It's my lunch. <laughs> <laughs> so he gives him a uh, uh, Walter PVK that is coded to his palm prints, only he can fire it. Which is one of those things where I'm like, how come... Like all guns don't have that. Could you imagine? Could you imagine? And then he gives him a little radio transmitter,
1: which is it a call. By, by the way, that's a callback to the License to Kill, where he gets that special rifle. Yep.
0: <laughs> Just like, oh, what? Are you expecting an exploding pen? Yeah, we don't go for that anymore. Or I. <laughs> yep.
1: And then he gives him the little radio, which is golden, which is a gold finger.
0: Yep. Standard <laughs> issue. So. He's like, ooh, a gun and a radio. <laughs> <laughs> so Bond tracks down Patrice to Shanghai, ends up in this super futuristic like skyscraper. All glass, all glass everything. Yeah. All glass everything. It's got the it's got the characters displaying like running up and down the building. Um he, he tracks him he tracks him down. He sees the uh, target that he's taken out, which we don't really, you know, you're not supposed to know who the target is, but it looks like it's some Chinese businessman. That They show him a painting, and then he gets shot in the back of the head. So, uh, Bond tries to take him out and interrogate him, but he ends up falling out, <laughs> falling out the window to his death. And, you and he bounces that, off the building. Oh, yeah, he totally bounces off the building. And that's when you realize that, uh... Everything that Bond did has been spotted by this mysterious woman across the way from the uh, building that he carried out the assassin. It's hot
1: as hell, and you can't teach that. You can't teach that. So, uh... So he looks among his belongings, and he finds a poker chip. Yep. So he's like, I guess I'm going over
0: there. Yeah, so he goes to Macaw at this, uh... Very interesting looking casino. and uh, Oh, first he gets shaved by the girl. That oh, oh, yeah. She totally <laughs> shaves him. Because they make the close shave joke later. The girl that shot him comes back to assist him. And he does the uh, don't touch your ear line in the casino. Yeah. Like, like he did.
1: <laughs> they continually pass casino. each other. Yeah. Says, case the joint.
0: Yep. they Case the joint. He, um, he cashes out his poker chip, gets a crap load of money. He thinks about he, 4 million euros. And then he meets, uh, her name is, what's her name, like, Severine or something like that? Something foreign. She uh, She's like, okay, you can buy me a drink now. And he kind of interrogates her. He's going to help her. And uh, she kind of gives him all the information about how, uh, yeah, once I leave, they're going to kill you. It's just like, yeah, I got this. You're gonna fight in a pit with Komodo dragons. Yeah, but if you if you survive, here's where I am. You can come meet me. And uh, this is actually a pretty cool, pretty cool fight scene. Because first they kind of stop him on that little bridge, and he takes them all out. And then him and the big guy end up in the Komodo dragon pit. The guy gets his gun, and it's just like, hey, I'm gonna shoot you. Good ben. luck with that. <laughs> the Komodo dragon bites him and friggin' drags him off to his death. Because Komodo dragons are nothing to mess with. So, uh, he survives, casually walks out, goes on the yacht, and that's when you realize that they're kind of both being captured, and they end up on this creepy-ass abandoned island, but which we'll firstly, talk about. fuck. Well, yeah, of course, because that's, it's James Vaughn. So, uh, they've taken prisoner, and that's when we meet Raul Silva. And who is... Mr. Silva. Well, he's not, it's not his real name. His name is Tiago Rodriguez, but he's a former MI6 agent. Now he's a cyber terrorist, and he's stationed
1: in Hong Kong in yep.
0: the, uh, the, uh, the late '80s, early '90s. And yeah, yeah, M was in charge of the Hong Kong branch at the time, which is where she was working. So she's like enamored because he was the favorite. So here we get the whole the whole villainous plot thing with the whole. You know, I'm going to I'm going to try to recruit this guy, but not that I'm going to I'm going to outshine him a little bit. And he does the uh, the little test to see how much (laughs) if Bond's missed his step by putting the girl with the shot glass on her head. Of course, Bond deliberately misses, but then he just kills her. But then he won
1: the game. Yeah, it was the first one to shoot the get the glass
0: off her head. Well, he got it off her head. Bond uh, Bond <laughs> takes out the, well Bond takes out the henchman and uh, points the gun on him and he's like you gonna do this by yourself? Nope, because he uses little radio transmitter, which is a throwback to before when he's like it's a radio, you know it's called a radio, latest thing from Q branch, and uh, they take him in so that M can actually. Em can actually interrogate him and everything, and uh, that's when you realize how creepy he is and all his other history. How he was going to take his cyanide capsule, but it didn't. You know kill what goes to you? Yeah, like, hydrogen cyanide. Yeah, yeah took out half his face. He's got this big like implant in his cheek
1: because so uh, it was it was old. It w- he had, he should have gotten it replaced over the years it's something that happened in a, another Bond film, a Brosnan I don't remember which one. But, actually, I think, I think I do know which one.
0: Tie another day. Yeah. I was about to say, <laughs> if it's in a Brosnan movie, it's in the one I've only seen one time. When they
1: finally, like, get him back from where he was captured. And M's like, well, what about your cyanide pill? And he's like, I threw that away years ago. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, uh... So Q's got the laptop and he's going to encrypt it or decrypt it. And when he's decrypting it, um, all of a he sudden plugged it
1: into the system because he yeah. created what the, yeah. the encryption encryption is. So he's going to use oh. his laptop in there, but his laptop is on the network and, Oh my God, it was all a ruse. Yeah. Your cunning shit. attempt to, to
0: trick shit. me. Shit, 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 shit. <laughs> That's basically sums it up. He, uh, yeah, Silva escapes and starts running through the underground tube system and Bond's trying to chase him with Q on the radio. And of course, you uh, this is when you realize that he's got like the police undercover agents from the ones from before that stopped M so she wouldn't get back to her office in time cuz they wanted her to see it. Well, they uh, they pass him off a police uniform. He gets on a train and Q's trying to figure out if he should get on the train. That's my other favorite scene. Bond, yes. Get on the train. You just see him roll his eyes. Because
1: the train's like already like completely. <laughs> and
0: then the uh and my favorite part is the uh the British couple that watches him and the guy's like, he's in a hurry to get home. <laughs> <laughs> the guy the guy's a Centauran. He's one of the Centaurans, or he might oh, be yeah. Centauran, yeah. How do you guys tell each other apart? We say the same of humans. I love the Centauran race. Well, I mean, what, what what is this? It's a James Bond movie, which is one of British's biggest things. What else is British known for? Harry Potter and Doctor Who? <laughs> and what actors are in this movie? Was well, it Dan Starkey? Uh, maybe. I have to check the cast list. All right, I'm, I'm gonna going to do that research. Now. You'll know it's him because his profile picture on his IMDb thing is a Suntaran. Is him as a Centauran? Because what else would it be? He's going to be way
1: down there because he's in freaking five seconds of the movie.
0: Yeah. Well, it's like in the order that they appear after a while, so you'll find him. Well, you while you're... What he's going to be even listed as. It's like man British couple or on in platform or something like that, like British husband. But yeah, um, M gets... M gets on the train to try to take this guy out, chases him through the station. We end up back underground... He sets off a poorly placed bomb, which actually allows uh, a train to collapse almost onto him. That was and then, Anthony O'Donnell. That was not who. Okay. And then, in that confusion, Bond realizes he's going after M. And he gets out on the street, gets into a police car, and he's driving over to the courthouse where M is under full investigation, and who's leading the investigation? But Narcissa Malfoy. Because again, British, and he was only
1: a Santaran on the Sarah Jane Adventures. Oh uh, well,
0: that's weird. In any in any case, um, so M's at this interrogation. Of course, Tanner's getting the notifications that this is all about to go down, but she can't exactly leave her own interrogation. She's uh. And I, and I always, I love her rebuttal, because this is where, this is where Mallory is like, how about we try letting the uh, the defendant speak for once? And she gives this really, like, good, thought-out speech, quotes poetry from her late husband, and uh, right on cue, Silva comes in and starts shooting up the place, him and his two cop aides, and of course, Bond's right behind him, Um. The only part this is this is the part where I thought Mallory was going to turn because he's really quick to jump over the counter, grab a gun, and I'm like he's going to start firing on these guys, and instead he starts firing back, and of course gets shot for his efforts. Of course he does. And um, I think they did they did this because everyone's going to be super sketch of him and anything.
1: Yeah. Ever since he was that freaking Nazi in freaking,
0: uh, Schindler's List. <laughs> pretty yeah. much. Or. Or he's the the mob boss in, in Bruges. You're, you're a fucking inanimate object. So, uh, Bond gets M out of there, kind of a clever way. <laughs> Which is well, funny. Because
1: Tanner stuffs her in the back of the car, and he did, the car just takes off. And like, he can't get in And front. you're like, oh, fuck. And
0: then you see it's Bond, and you're like, okay. And then he's telling her he's gonna, uh, he's gonna lead her somewhere and use her as bait. And has Q leave a trail that only that only Silva can follow. And uh, of course this comes the other fangirl moment of the movie when he's, he's like, we can't use the company car because it's got a tracker so we're going to travel in style. And he pulls out the Aston Martin and they play like the Bond theme over it. And all the Bond fans are just freaking geeking out right now. All she does is, bitch, that's uncomfortable. <laughs> so he pulls out the ejection seat. <laughs>
1: He's like, go ahead, do it.
0: Yeah, <laughs> so funny.
1: Go right ahead, bro.
0: Now, now, I'm assuming this is the scene where uh, Q's laying down the trail. Yeah, and Mallory, and Mallory walks Mallory in.
1: Shows up. Well, a <laughs> Tanner's dr- Tanner is the one that drink that drinks the beer in this one because yeah. <laughs> because Heineken became like an official sponsor, and that's why like Bond hasn't been officially drinking the regular martini because <laughs> they have, they have a deal with. Them. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But Tanner's the one drinking it. So there they are, like, at at work, purposely leaving uh, clues for, like, a terrorist to find while they're drinking on the job. And yeah. here comes the big boss. <laughs> yep. And I'm like, oh my God, he's going to kill them both or something. But nope. He's just like, oh, that's a great idea. Go continue.
0: It's a good idea. But what if the PM finds out? Well, then we're all buggered. It just kind of walks out. And it's like, all right. He's okay. So, uh, Bond takes M to Skyfall, which is the family estate up in Scotland That's where he grew what up. Skyfall is. That's what it is. And we, um, he's, uh, Kincaid still lives there. He's the, uh, caretaker of the place. And, uh, so they're gonna get ready. They kind of reveal the plan. Get, and again, since you've been dead, we've sold everything. <laughs> yeah. So all he has left is his dad's old hunting rifle. And, of course, the rifle that he carries. And then, uh... Well, there's some dynamite and shit like that. There might
1: be some dynamite at the at the old.
0: <laughs> like, like, okay. Yeah. But Bond, you, you notice that Bond just takes out the two cans effortlessly in two shots, like two consecutive shots with the hunting rifle. And remember to compensate for boom, boom. Oh, he just kind of stares at him as he walks in. So, uh, what
1: do, they, what do you do for <laughs> <a> employment? <little bit.
0: laughs> <Like>, yeah. <ooh. laughs> They kind of like home alone the house a little bit to get it ready.
1: My favorite one is the shotgun shells on the floorboard.
0: Yeah, that's a good. That that's
1: good. nasty. That's that was a good idea. But also the good one, another good one was the was the bag of nails and screws on the lights. Yep. So when they turn the light on, they just it would just set off the shotgun shell or whatever and send him all over pipe bomb style. Pretty much. Some crazy stuff. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so of course the cars arrive. A whole group comes in, breaks into the house. They use the car and, uh, too. They do because Bond's Bond's initially hiding in the car, and he uh, takes a couple out with the machine gun. Then he gets gets into the house while the two of them fending them off. My favorite part is Kincaid just turns around, kills two guys, just like welcome to Scotland. <laughs>
1: Because he saws off his shotgun earlier.
0: Yeah, he did. He, he really does. <laughs> and then he so, uh, shoots like a, a door, and the door like practically disappears. <laughs> yep. And uh, M M tries to get a couple shots in, but fails miserably and gets shot herself. Although she says the only thing that's hurt is her pride, but you realize she's bleeding. Um, that's when you realize, yeah, he's not among these guys because they take out all the terrorists. If Silva's not there, and then you hear the music playing and the helicopter coming. That's like he always has to make an entrance. So he has Kincaid take M through the secret tunnel that leads out to the leads out to the fields, all the way back to where the chapel is. He has her. He has him take her out, and then he's <coughs> gonna sit here and get prepared. He, uh, you know, it's a typical thing: helicopter fires, and uh, Bon's getting everything ready to basically bomb the place because. When it lands, he's just casually throwing throwing bombs in there, just like grenades. He's <laughs> throwing against incendiary grenades. Uh, the place is on fire pretty badly. Helicopter still helicopter's still a threat. Lot of issues right now. So bond, bombs. He's two two propane tanks. Yep. Sets a bomb <laughs> on them, and then takes off into the tunnel himself with one last look. At his childhood home. I always hated this place. <laughs> God, that made me laugh so hard. So, as he's running through, the bombs go off, which takes out the helicopter, which crashes into the house and causes a bigger explosion, which almost takes out Bond in the tunnel. And that's when Silva's just like, Welp. That's hashtag, hashtag Welp. He's got like two henchmen left, but he sees the flashlight out on the fields. So he uh, he's like, you guys make sure Bond is dead. I'll go deal with this. Um, well, Bond kicks one of them out and then fights the other That's guy by falling
1: cool through the kick.
0: Yeah, and then fights the other dude by falling through the ice. No, but Sil- not before Silva's like,
1: oh, all this running, it's exhausting.
0: Yeah. Because the guy's behind him on the ice, so he grabs him, and when he shoots off the gun, he creates a perfect hole and just disappears. And Silva's just like, and <sighs> just walks away. Uh, he's such a dick. Ugh. Well, Bond almost drowns in the ice, but uses a flare gun to get out. To see where the hole is? Yep. And uh, Silva shows up in the chapel. And realizes that M is bleeding, and there's only one bullet left. So let's go together. And puts it. He like puts the gun in her hand, and then puts he her hand up to her own it, head. Man. Yeah, make have one bullet make it count. And then this is a great throwback to before because when they were laying out all their weapons, it was like two guns. cup and then Kincaid's like, "Well, the old ways work too," and pulls out this big knife, which is <laughs> what Bond uses to take out Silva. Just throws a knife into his back.
1: Last rat standing.
0: Yeah, that's my favorite part, because he just looks he looks just so pissed off and like inconvenienced by this that he just drops dead. And then he realizes how badly M is hurt and then comes the the one and only time in a James Bond movie where I got all the feels. And that includes on Her Majesty's Secret Service when M dies in Bond's arms and he cries and less like this is heart wrenching. But they do that so well, too. James Bond delivering all the feels. Double O feels is what happens here. Double O feels. So, uh, we go back to Britain. Bond's hanging out on the roof, and we realize that, uh, M left him something. And it's the British Bulldog. <laughs> the whole place goes up in office in smoke, and that bloody thing survives. But uh, <clears throat> the agent that's been helping Bond throughout this whole movie has decided field work's not for her anymore and she's going to take a desk job. And she finally introduces herself formally as Eve. Eve Moneypenny. Oh! And you're just like, Oh! Eve Moneypenny! And then she's great. like, He's ready
1: for you. And you see the door and it's the old red padded door. And you're like, Oh!
0: Oh, and the red And the padding And then we go in and we find out that Mallory is the new M And you're just like, oh, I thought M was just a Random designation, but Well, look at that How's the arm, sir? Yeah, it's alright, how are you doing? You ready to get back to work? With pleasure, sir With pleasure Da-da-da-da
1: Fifty years, James Bond will return
0: it's like, oh, no,
1: oh, I'll be dead by then.
0: Not OK, guys. But you're just like, oh, no, it's the 50th anniversary, which is why they had all the throwback stuff. All right. This movie is absolutely friggin littered with trivia. So I'm going to just try to get the more interesting parts here. All right. So let's talk about Hashima Island, which is Silva's Lair Island. Yes, that is a tiny, deserted, industrialized island off the southwest coast of Japan. It's known as Ghost Island, as well as uh, Gun Kanjima, which translates to Battleship Island. It was inhabited until 1974 and was a coal mining community. And uh, it has this big seawall that's been completely untouched and abandoned. And pretty much everybody was just like, yeah, we're not going to live here anymore. And they abandoned it just the way it is. But it's a real island that they utilized for the filming of this movie which was apparently scary as hell for the people involved. Now, a few days after the film debuted in Britain, the real MI6 took out a full page that said if the qualities that make a good spy were obvious, they wouldn't make a very good spy. And that was the... Um, they're debunking all the stuff by saying, like, real-life spy work is not high-speed chases and shootouts, and the average spy is not a global, trotting secret agent. It's just like, well... You know what? They're based movie. on they're based on books. <clears throat> Which was written by an actual fox. By an actual <laughs> spy. So relax. I remember
1: seeing like the, the, the best spies for the Soviets
0: during the Cold War were like old couples. Right. Um 77-year-old Judy Dench at the time of filming was played her seventh portrayal of M. And uh, Barbara Barbara O's Broccoli O's was seven. the one that was involved. She's like, we really wanted to mind the relationship between Bond and M because it's the most significant relationship he has in his life. M is the only person who represents authority to him. You have two extraordinary actors, and we just thought, let's go all the way. It worked extremely well, and it's an emotional story. Well, yes. Double O feels, man.
1: It went balls deep into that.
0: Yes. Uh, that scene where, Daniel, where uh, Bond goes down the ele- escalator rail... Yeah, that was Craig doing it himself. Of course. Of course, we already know that he doesn't want to be Bond anymore, but he's still got one left after Spectre, so deal with it. (laughs) Judy Dench has more screen time in this film alone than Desmond Lewin had in all 17 films as Q, making her portrayal of M the most recurrent character in the series after Bond himself. That's an interesting stat, huh?
1: Just because of how much she was on in this one film? Yeah.
0: Now, I wonder how much uh, Ray Fine is going to have in Spectre, because I know he's going to play an intricate role because we're, we're, we're kind of dealing with that, uh, that License to Kill storyline, because apparently Bond did something bad in Mexico. But I don't know how much of a big character he's going to be.
1: Something Day of the Dead. The Day of the Dead stuff. Yeah. I've seen pictures of.
0: Preparation, according to Daniel Craig, preparation for a Bond movie will start about six months prior to filming. So he's like, yeah, I'm 43, I'm getting too old for this shit. (laughs) The first time a character is audibly heard saying the F word in a Bond movie, in the 25th anniversary Bond film, The Living Daylights, Bond clearly says... For fuck's sake, but it cannot be heard due to the plane engine noises. Skyfall is the first Bond film ever to use an audible verge, ver, variation of the F-word, said by M in Skyfall Lodge. <laughs> Which is another thing that made me laugh. Um, the role of Kincaid for Albert Finney was originally written for Sean Connery. Yeah, like... I was like, why did, did they try to? I know he's
1: been enjoying his uh, retirement, but... Uh... Yes.
0: <laughs> yep. He's. I've been trying to get out of this from the very moment I got into it, but they won't let me go, because he still has to do Bond 25. <clears throat> um, Skyfall got a couple of awards. Highest number of Academy Award nominations ever... For a Bond movie, which included Best Song, Score, Sound Mixing, Sound Effects, Editing, and Cinematography.
1: Yeah, the things you would expect a Bond film to get. Because
0: well, they're not going to get Best Picture or Best yeah, Director. Or but I mean, when it comes to sound and cinematography, I mean, that's those are, those are pretty obvious. Uh, score, well, the James Bond theme is one of the greatest movie themes ever written. And the Adele Song got a couple of awards, I think. In fact, yeah, they did win the Oscar for that. So, good for them. Uh, let's see if there's any other interesting stats. A lot of the trivia for this movie are very long. So, this is one of those things where it's like, you should probably read them yourself. Because, so let's do, well, well, we'll do the spoiler ones. Some of those are interesting. The first Bond film in which the villain is successful in completing the primary objective. Which, of course, was Killing M. The first one... Kind of crazy to think about, though. 24 Bond films the villain never won until now. Uh, these are three new actors to play new recurring roles in the series, which would be Naomi Harris as Moneypenny, uh, Ben Whishaw as Q, and Ray Fines as M. This is the only the second time Bond openly cries. The first time, of course, was Her Majesty's Secret Service, and we all know why that happened. We had all the time in
1: the world.
0: So the portion of Bulldog on M's desk is draped in the Union Jack. The Bulldog figurines were created by Royal Dalton during World War II to represent patriotism. In fact, um, in, Tinker T- in Tinker Taylor, Soldier Spy from 2011, John Hurt's character, the head of MI6, has two of them sitting on his desk. Of course, John Hurt would be involved in some capacity. I saw that movie. Did you? Yeah. It's
1: It's really good, but it's like it's a intrigue spy movie, not an action spy movie, because it's all about a really super old, like retired spy, has to figure out who the uh, leak is in 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 the organization he used to work for. So it's all mental and. And moving
0: about stuff, not you know, going around shooting people stuff. So. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. That's pretty cool. But it's really good. Now, in Fifty Years of Bond, did you know this is only the second time he ever got a gunshot wound? Hey, you know which the, you know which one had the first one, Dan? Your favorite Thunderball. <laughs> uh, the one movie you and I really differ on when it comes to Bond movies. And this is also the first ever time where the traditional Bond car is actually blown up. Not destroyed, but actually blown up. Mm. So, yeah. Um, Pinion of Skyfall, very, very, very high. Spectre is going to have to do a lot to improve this. But I have high hopes for Spectre because it's um, the Spectre storyline was the storyline for the Connery Bond movies.
1: Except for, like, a couple.
0: Like, finger. Oh, yeah. Goldfinger. Well, yeah <laughs> just like but the I mean, best one.
1: has nothing to do with Spectre. <laughs>
0: nope. But Blofeld's role is uh, pretty big. And the cast list for Spectre is pretty awesome, too. In fact, who's the, who was the first person under Daniel Craig in the credits? Christoph Waltz. So that's going to be pretty cool. So yeah, and of course and, and of course Big Dave Batista is in there. Yeah. And uh, I,
1: Monica Bellucci.
0: Yep. Yeah, I made a I made a joke to see if any of uh if any of uh, <laughs> these bad guys henchmen were going to walk alone. And I know somebody got that. You yeah. Dave Batista. Big Dave the Batista. All right. So uh this is this is where Dan gets disappointed in the Talk and Talkie schedule because my birthday's coming up on the seventeenth and we had two open gap weeks here and I was just kinda like, Well, let's let's do some stuff. Let's do let's do my own personal request for movies. And then Dan was like, I can't because my birthday falls around Star Wars. Yep. <laughs> but uh, but next year for sure we'll give Dan his uh, his two week request. No, it won't be Unless... Christmas movies. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well,
1: All I ask is that my birthday presents aren't wrapped in Christmas paper.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right. All right, so uh, we're going to do a double shot next week. And what movies did I pick? Well, one of my favorite movies ever, Tron and Tron Legacy. So we're going to do a double shot of Tron coming up next week. So if you all out there are Tron fans, because I got the uh, the special edition Blu-ray that's got both of them which I haven't actually watched them on that Blu-ray copy yet, so I'm really excited to see Tron in high quality because the original Tron still holds up, although I think the pacing is a little poor because it's only like an hour and a half movie, but it feels kind of long. But Tron Legacy, although people put it down all the time, is like the sexiest movie ever made. But that's besides the point. So yeah, next week, guys, double shot of Tron. And uh, go check out Spectre, because next week, before we do our Tron reviews, I will definitely tell you what I thought. And Dan will, too, because I know by then he'll have seen it. Yeah, I'm going to go to 1.20 p.m. tomorrow. Yes. So, uh, so yeah, we'll be able to—I'll I'll text you while I'm at work, and we'll discuss how awesome or how bad the movie was. All right, then. So I'll see you guys next week. For Dan, I'm Chris. We out. Bye.